Greatest Worldwide has a mission to identify 30 leaders in 30 countries and then work with them for 30 years, basically the, the lifespan of their career, to watch their communities grow and thrive through their influence. Dan Alawabi is the executive director and co-founder of Branches Worldwide, a leadership development ministry with an innovative initiative to impact 30 leaders in 30 countries for 30 years. Branches has one big goal, to identify young Christian leaders around the world and inspire them to do the work which God has called them to do. Partnering with local doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders all over the world, Branches helps leaders transform their communities through their influence as Christians. With a focus on equipping these workplace influencers with shepherd leadership training, resources, and a network of experienced Christian mentors, Branches helps increase their influence as leaders in their countries and communities and increases their ability to draw their peers to Jesus Christ. Dan holds a BA from Malone University and a Master's of Arts from Ashland University. He lives in Ohio with his wife Erica and their two daughters. Dan also has created his own coaching and leadership consulting firm, Awalabi Leadership, and he's recently written and published his first book called Authentic Leadership, How to Lead with Nothing to Hide, Nothing to Prove, and Nothing to Lose. I hope you're inspired by our conversation today on the Encouragers United Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Charlie here. Welcome to the show, Dan. It's good to be here. Awesome, why don't you just start by introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, you know, Charlie, so um, I, I wear a couple hats. Um, just to start off, I'm a, I'm a husband to an amazing wife, Erica. Um, and if she wasn't the CEO of everything that I do, uh, I wouldn't be able to do anything. So she runs a lot of things for me. She's great. Um, my wife, Erica, we've been married for 13 years. I've got two daughters, Eden and Aniston, seven and four. Um, they're amazing. Um, I lead an international faith-based nonprofit called Branches Worldwide. And what we do is we work with Christian business leaders in 30 different countries around the world. And the key is uh, we, we, we promise to partner with them for 30 years. So it's a 30, 30, 30 vision. Um, and then um, here stateside, I have my own company called Owalabi Leadership. And we do coaching and consulting and workshops um, based on authentic leadership and servant leadership, really just helping CEOs and executives be the very best version of themselves in the service of other people. And so that's a lot, you know, and there's just a lot to do. But man, I love it. God's been good. Yeah, I, I love the concept of your book, most recently published, I think in February, you came out with this. It's called Authentic Leadership, How to Lead with Nothing to Hide, Nothing to Prove, and Nothing to Lose. I love it. It's so awesome. And um, why don't you just start by defining what, what does authentic mean to you? Yeah, I think authentic can be defined in a couple different ways for different people. But the way that I've seen it expressed best um, in the context of leadership is authentic leadership is being the best version of yourself, the best version of who God made you to be in the service of other people. And so when you do everything you can to maximize your God-given potential, and then you turn that and you aim it towards other people to help serve them in life and help make their lives better, suddenly you're an authentic leader with nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing. 
Yeah, it's like um, I often think of something that is authenticated, something that's authenticated, like if you're going to buy a, a souvenir or a piece of memorabilia or even, you know, nowadays schools and, and brands with their authentic Ohio State gear or whatever, authentic means the best version of, of that thing. You know, it's not a knockoff, so to speak. And I love your subtitle here. And let's go through it here. How to lead with nothing to hide, nothing to prove, and nothing to lose. Let's talk about leaders who are, you know, unfortunately not being authentic because they have something to hide. How do we lead? And, and we didn't even know it, but sometimes we lead and we're hiding something. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, one way, if you're a leader and you have something to hide, I think one thing that you'll notice right away in your leadership is, is a whole lot of insecurity. I mean, essentially, you know, what it means is that, uh, you know, as you're leading other people, you feel like you don't want them to know the full story. You don't want them to know what you're really thinking or how you're really feeling, because if they found out, then maybe they wouldn't respect you as much, or maybe you wouldn't have as much influence as you could. And so you lead in a way that basically sort of hides part of who you are from them in fear that if they find out, then something bad is going to happen to you. And so what that does is that really short changes your leadership and that sense of insecurity grows over time. And so the best leaders know how to address that. Yeah. And I would guess that if I have this, you know, let's not say it's something major, you know, just, just I'm, I'm a little hesitant as a leader to really share, you know, my authentic self. Then over time, I may become something that really I don't want to become, right? And that's, the, that's what we're watching in, in when a leader falls or something happens and they've been hiding this secret or this, um, you know, a secret life, albeit. But, and we need to be aware of that. And then talk to me about the breakthrough or what happens when I truly have nothing to hide with the people that, I'm follow, that, that are following me. What, what, is, what is that build or what's that dynamic for me to kind of come clean and say, Listen, I'm an open book. I am what I am, and I'm leading from a place of not hiding anything. How does yeah. that affect the people? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, oftentimes what I see with people who have nothing to hide is they have this deep sense of confidence. Oftentimes when people have something to hide, the very first thing they hide leaders, the very first thing leaders hide is their lack of experience. Sometimes it's like a secret life and like secret sin and things like that. Sometimes, and those are the big explosions that we see where, you know, the CEO is sleeping with the secretary. Sometimes it's things like that. But more often than not, it's the fact that leaders will hide that they don't actually know what they're doing. And they're in a situation that's completely new to them or they don't have all the experience they wish they had and they don't have all the knowledge they wish they had. And so they'll act like they're more confident than they really are. But leaders that um, lead with nothing to hide have this confidence that says, hey, look, I might not know everything, but I know where we're headed. And I know that we can learn and grow along the way. So I'm completely okay telling you what I know and what I don't know. Also, I'm completely okay telling you that we will get better and we will grow and here are the things that we'll do. And so being sure about the right things gives you the ability to be very open and vulnerable about other things that you don't really know. And I think that's freeing for people who hear that because then, you know, here's a great example, Charlie. Uh, with COVID-19, so many people are in a situation, leaders are in a situation that they've never been in before. There are no books that'll tell you what to do next. I mean, there's no education degree that'll tell you how to handle this. This is brand new for everybody, the president all the way down. But the worst leaders are the ones that act overconfident, act like they had this all planned out. They know exactly what to do. They can pull out the manual and they can read it. I mean, 
those are the worst leaders and people can see through that because they know this is unprecedented and unpredictable. But the best leaders, the ones that really connect with people are able to sit down and say, hey, look, I'm not exactly sure how we can get through this. Nobody knows. But here's what I can tell you. I can tell you that I'll be with you every step of the way. I'll tell you that I'll be transparent about all my decisions. I'll tell you that I'm going to make mistakes, but if you bring it to my attention, I'll correct them. And that kind of connection with people, being human, but also being candid and frank, whew, people really love that. And they'll start to give real trust. They'll start to put real trust in you from that point on. Absolutely. What a great example. And, and I love that concept because I, it reminds me of a cliche, uh, kind of a, a slang, but it, it's, it's a, a slang saying that says, you, you ought to talk what you know and don't talk what you don't know. You know, you got to talk what you know and don't talk what you don't know. You know, and that's transparency and saying, I don't know. And, and as a leader, many times I came to the end of it and saying, I don't know. But yet what it was, was to pull that person in to even closer to me because they didn't know either. So we had that in common. Let's shift gears together. Yeah. Into the next, uh, the next phrase you use is a leader who leads with nothing to prove. Uh, there's a, a slight difference to that. Tell us what that means for you and, and maybe an example of someone who's leading like they're trying to prove something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give you a good example. I think when I first became a leader, um, I was leading with something to prove where I was given a position before I really had developed the competence for the position. And you got to do that sometimes. I mean, you have to learn and you have to grow. And so sometimes you're given opportunities and platforms before you actually have the capability to sort of fill it out. You have to learn as you go. That's fine sometimes. But what I did was I tried, to, I tried to project as if I was a leader, as if I had all the answers. And so I was constantly trying to prove that I was a leader instead of actually doing the work of real leadership. And the work of real leadership is getting to know people personally, getting to know their, their, their faults and their strengths, their weaknesses, and then doing everything you can to support them and watch them grow. I mean, if you can do that as a leader and then cast a very clear vision, tell people where we're going and how we're going to get there. That's the work of leadership. In that process, you're not trying to be a leader. You're trying to serve people. You're trying to clarify the vision. You're trying to clarify how we're going to accomplish the vision, but you're not trying to read all the right books and have all the right answers and walk around with your chest puffed out. And so for me, um, the first couple of years of my leadership, I was trying to prove that I was a leader by saying all the right things and doing all the right things. I quickly learned that people don't need that. They don't want that. They want someone to serve them, someone to cast vision, someone to show them how we're going to get there and then get them excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I've been there too, you know, right at a place where I think another characteristic that I think of in, in having something to prove or not is, is allowing, is watching a leader who is willing to, like you say, get to know someone, uh, get to know their giftedness and then serve them in a way that they look good or in a way that they, they get the credit, you know, that they are exceeding and excelling in their spot, in their uh, role on the team. Uh, my tendency, unfortunately, was to try to do it all. It's like, well, I'll prove it to you. Don't tell me I can't do it because I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. And see, look what, look at all that I'm doing, you know, like with leading with something to prove to try to make someone work harder by you, you know, leading the way apparently. But all it did is, is caused alienation and it's people saying, well, you didn't do it very good. You didn't do it very well. You may have done it, but you didn't, you know, I remember my dad saying, well, you're, you're pretty good in a lot of different things, but what are you, what are you going to get an A in? Yeah. You've got a lot of B's and C's here, Charlie, but what are you going to get an A in? Mm-hmm. And that was me trying to prove it by doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Mm-hmm. How about the last mm-hmm. one? The last category I love, uh, that's kind of, it, it speaks my language, but leading in a way 
or in with nothing to lose. Mm, and that's an yeah. awesome concept that, that like the most powerful people that I see and that I've met are those that are willing to, to risk it all or they, they just really have nothing to lose. Yeah. You know, I love that too. That's, that's one of my favorite phrases in the entire book. I mean, leading with nothing to lose essentially means that you're leading um, from a place of surrender. It means that you already have realized that leadership is tough. And along the way, you're, you're going you're gonna to lose some friends. You know, some people are not going to understand why you're doing what you're doing. They're not going to understand the direction that you're going. And they're not going to agree with you. And so you might lose a little bit of influence. You might lose money. You might lose respect. You might lose a lot of things along the journey of leadership. But before you started, you counted the cost. And you said, okay, this is going to be tough. There's going to be late nights and early mornings. But the goal, the direction we're headed, the end game is worth it. And I'm going to put everything I can in this bucket to make it work. And so when you're following a leader that's completely sold out and knows along the way that they might hurt your feelings, but they'll love you in the process anyway, because they want you to get better. That leader is sold out to making you better and sold out to helping you reach the vision. Gosh, it is really hard not to follow that guy or that girl. You know? Absolutely. Like, um, so think about that. So leading with nothing to hide, nothing to prove and nothing to lose. The, I think you've really captured it there. Authentic leadership uh, and the power that we can have, the, the influence, the, the legacy that we can leave by simply being the best version of ourselves. You know what? Give me a little, uh, give me the elevator pitch here. What's the, what, who, who is this book for? And, and how might they best use it? Because I'm thinking of teams, of, of leaders, obviously. What are, where are you seeing the, the book sales are, are working out really well right now? Who's using your book? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you where I started, and I'll tell you where I'm ending right now. Um, I started by, you know, writing and working with leaders on servant leadership principles, primarily Christian leaders um, who you know, have a, have a foundation and in a relationship with Christ and want to take that, that relationship with Christ to the next level and influence more people specifically in their business um, or in their organization if they're a nonprofit leader. But then what I found as, as I was talking about servant leadership, what I found was that more and more people hadn't actually done the hard work of understanding themselves and leading themselves and actually casting vision. And so what I did was I expanded the ideas of servant leadership to encompass a little bit more than just, you know, how do you serve other people? It's how do you lead yourself? That's how do you understand yourself? How do you cast vision to help other people know where they're going? And so all that to say, uh, the people who are using and really utilizing the book right now are people who uh, have, a, have a deep relationship with Christ, right? They understand what it looks like to follow Christ, but they want to maximize their potential in the service of the people. And so this book really helps them do that. So, you know, um, we've got leaders in Nicaragua, we've got, um, leaders in Costa Rica, we leaders in Northeast Ohio, um, but primarily Christian business leaders who are using the book and making a big difference. What a great, what a great tool, I think, in someone's toolbox. Um, talk us through, like, as you work with clients in, in your leadership and coaching business now, that this is one of the major, I would think, you know, like, this is uh, leadership 101 here stuff. Like, are you being authentic? And I want, for our listeners, why don't you just give us some guidance as to how we can examine ourselves, maybe some initial thoughts and steps to really evaluate whether I really am being authentic or not. Obviously, it might lead some po folks to go and, you know, purchase your book. And I hear you can even hear it now. You've got an audio version out. That's coming and soon. You, yep, yep. you yourself do the narration on it. You read the book. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, you, you know, but give us that, that first step 
to maybe this is a brand new concept for somebody listening and they go, gosh, I don't even, I don't even know whether I'm authentic or not. How do, how would you work with a client to evaluate their on their authenticity? Yeah. Yeah. I would ask, I'd ask two questions um, just to determine how authentic somebody is. And this is how I can tell if I'm being authentic or not. The first thing I can do um, to tell if I'm being authentic or not is to tell is to examine how I feel in the presence of other people. If I feel anxious and insecure in the presence of anybody, regardless of you know, what position they're in or where they're at, if I feel insecure about my relationship with them or how I'm gonna interact with them, that's a really good sign that I'm not being authentic. Because when you feel insecure, you feel like you should hide something or you should prove something or you have something to lose. And then, the, so the second thing um, that I do when I pay attention to whether or not I'm being authentic or not is, is my posture towards other people. Am I geared to serve them? If I walk into a room and my, I'm, my first thought is, okay, how can I serve Bob and Tom and Jill and Jenny? If that's my posture, then I know that I'm being authentic because authentic leadership always involves servant leadership. But if I walk into a room and I'm thinking about how can I impress them? How can I say the right thing so that they look at me a certain way? Blah, 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 blah. If it's all about how I can prove myself or present myself a certain way or say the right thing, then I know that I'm being inauthentic. And so it's those feelings of insecurity on the one side, but it's also the feeling of posturing and pride on the other side that tells me that I'm off center and that I'm not, not being authentic. You bet. And in the presence of those, you know, that you're trying to lead, I would guess those questions would work very well as, you know, as you're working with the folks that you're rubbing shoulders with every day. That's great. Nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. You know, let's uh, switch gears here. Tell me about Branches Worldwide in this, you mentioned it early, but this 30-30-30 initiative, it's a vision for the world uh, and your role in that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exciting. I mean, when I first heard it, I, it was one of those moments that I kicked myself and said, how come no one has thought of this before? Um, so basically what it is, is it starts with the idea that there are certain individuals around the world who are best positioned to make a deep influence on the community. If you think about any community in the world, oftentimes those communities are being driven and being led by leaders, specifically business leaders. Business leaders around the world tend to have the most influence they tend to have um, the most connections, right? They tend to have the most economic um, ability to sort of shift the, the, the economy of a particular community based on you know, providing jobs and bringing in industry and things like that. And so one of the things that we found is instead of going into a community, and there's a lot of different ways that you can go into a community to spread the gospel, but instead of you know, going into community and, and maybe bringing a missionary team in or bringing a missions team in or sending a couple of YWAM kids in, I mean, all those things are great. You know, one of the things that we realize is that it's, it's so effective to work with a leader who's already on the ground. They love Jesus. They love their business. They love community. And if you can work with them and help them get better and help them grow, suddenly, if that leader gets better, the whole community gets better. That leader helps fund the work of the church. That leader provides jobs for the community. That leader funds schools and helps work with the government. And so if you find the right leader who loves Jesus, loves their community, and loves uh, their business, then ultimately you can see some real progress in the community. So Branches Worldwide has a mission to identify 30 leaders in 30 countries and then work with them for 30 years, basically this, the lifespan of their career to watch their communities grow and thrive through their Outstanding. <laughs> Beautiful, inspiring mission. And so give us a status update. I think you've just started the initiative. Give me some examples. Where are you, at? Where are you guys at right now? Maybe somebody that you've started to work with and you're starting to see this investment. 
Yeah, so we've made a lot of progress. Um, we started in the, the middle of 2018. Um, so it's been about two and a half years. And, you know, we've been to, been to seven different countries. Um, we have two leaders that are locked in already. Um, we have one leader in Nicaragua. Uh, then we have another leader in Jamaica. And I'll talk specifically about our leader in Nicaragua. So, you know, basically, she's a woman that started her organization um, about 15 years ago. And she told the story when she first started it. It was real small with just a couple of employees. I mean, it has just exploded. She's the, she's the largest employer in her community. She has 40 employees. She's 37 years old now. Um, she, she's doing great work. She funds the work of the church. I mean, she has a lot of influence in the community. But one of the things that she talked about when we met with her one-on-one -on -one, and we talked with her family, we talked with her husband, one of the things we, we, we realized with her was that she leads alone that she's, she's lonely. And this happens a lot for leaders who have accomplished a lot in a very short period of time. I mean, all our leaders are between the ages of 25 and 40. And so she's accomplished a lot in a very short period of time. She moves faster than her peers. And oftentimes what that means is she's making decisions on her own. She's really sort of assessing situations on her own. And so when we sat with her, we said, hey, what we'd like to do, Branches Worldwide, what we'd like to do with you is we'd like to partner you up with a mentor, someone who's going to work with you and really kind of be that behind the scenes support for you. And then we'd like to, we'd like to um, you know, pair you up with individuals who could give you microloans and help you grow your vision faster so you can employ more people and grow the vision of, of your organization and your community. I mean, that was, that was just an amazing opportunity for her. And so we're already doing that. We've already given her grants. We've already paired her with a mentor. I mean, she's already you know, flourishing even more so because Branches Worldwide has partnered with her and made her organization and her leadership better. What do you think as you, as you kind of look over the edge of this, you know, this big vision for the, for the 30 leaders in 30 countries for 30 years, can you categorize some of the support that, that branches worldwide envisions giving? I think it's some of it's financial, but it's far more than that. You've just mentioned accountability and, and a support network uh, to just have a colleague, to have someone who, who can share you know, the burden, so to speak. So talk to me about how your strategy is going to unfold for a leader. Um, what are the different types of support that you'll give to these leaders? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's one big thing that Branches Worldwide offers, um, aside from mentoring and aside from microloans and grants and things like that. Um, and that, that is a global network of young Christian business owners who are, who are highly capable, they're highly accomplished, and they're all moving in the same direction at the same speed, knowing that God has given them a business to make a tremendous difference in their community. And so when you bring all those people together from different parts of the world, suddenly, if you get all those people in the same room, the energy is just amazing. And so for each one of our leaders, what we want to do is we want to, we want to help them see that they're part of a larger movement. And so even though in their small community in Nicaragua or Costa Rica or Thailand, they might have their head down and they're working to lead their employees, if they look up for a second, there are other people around the world same age, same position, working as hard as they can and people that they can talk to over Zoom or meet once a year with and really sort of say, hey, how's Christ working in your life? And here are the challenges that I'm working through. Can you help me think through this? And suddenly you're not alone. Suddenly you have that support and suddenly leadership becomes much, much easier. Well, and I would think it, that, that they have common, you know, or shared uh, hurdles. You know, they can say, well, how do you guys handle this? Oh, this is what we did. Or, you know, how do I, how do I get my hands on this? Oh, well, you need to talk to this person. So it's, a, it's networking, it's community, yep. it's support in all kinds of, you know, financially and physically. 
uh, intellectually with a business strategy and planning, but it's also emotional and it's spiritual. So what a wonderful image. And I love the name too. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming branches worldwide sort of leads us back to the saying and the, and the, and the great statement that Jesus made, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you will abide in me, then you'll bear great fruit. You know, in essence, that you're going to live that concept, Dan, with your organization, uh, branches worldwide, that these branches who are going to be connected to Christ and to each other to, to bear tremendous fruit, multitudes uh, will be changed in communities all over the world because of what you guys are doing. Tell us how best we can get involved. Uh, how can, what, what kind of support, what, what do you need from us? Yep. No, that's great. I love that you said that, Charlie. John 15.5 is our, is our bedrock verse. So you, you nailed that. And you had that memorized too, which is super impressive. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. So if you want to help with Branches Worldwide, I mean, one of the easiest things is to go to branchesworldwide.org and get more information about who we are. I mean, both of our leaders that we've partnered with so far are on there. Um, we've got three more leaders um, on deck this year. Our goal is to hit to get five leaders on board with Branches Worldwide by the end of this year. And we've got great progress so far. Um, but if you want to, if you want to make a real big impact, you know, donations are helpful. I mean, we've got great organizations, businesses in our area in the United States that are led by godly Christian men and women. And they see what God has done through their business. They get it. And they know the impact that a business that's led by a Christian can make in a community. And they want to see that happen around the world. And they know that it's an effective, efficient way to use their, their tithing dollars or whatever to make an impact around the world. And so they want to give. And so that's a great way that people can contribute to the mission is just by donation. We also have volunteer positions where people travel with us and to assess leaders. Uh, we have a gala coming up where people can volunteer and really help out with that if they love event planning. There's a lot of different ways to participate, but going to branchesworldwide.org is a great place to start. That's awesome. Hey, the book, Authentic Leadership by Dan Alawabi. How to lead with nothing to hide, nothing to prove, and nothing to lose. It has been great to talk to you today. I love you. Appreciate what you're doing, brother. Hang with it. Thanks for being on the Encouragers United podcast today. Thanks, Charlie. It's been a lot of fun. Well, there you have it. What a wonderful conversation with Dan Alawabi. Hey, I need you to do me a favor. If you've enjoyed this show and you want to help spread the inspiration, I need you to do one or all of the following actions. I want you to subscribe to my show. I want you to leave a comment and a rating on the podcast, on the platform where you're listening. And I want you to share it with somebody, letting everyone know that there's a podcast out there that high energy, positive, encouraging people can listen to for inspiration every week. Another fun resource for you is my weekly Facebook live show. I call it Tuesday Tea with Charlie G. Just 15 or 20 minutes of unscripted laughs, updates on my life, and a whiteboard session to inspire you to start where you are, take what you have, and do what you can. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.